You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What's going on, guys? Hope that you're doing so well this week. Um, Man, this year I didn't plan to do a Christmas message or a Christmas series because I wanted to be rebellious. (laughs) I wanted, like, everybody else is doing that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, so naturally, we're going to talk about the Christmas story because I just couldn't get away from the Christmas story. Naturally, I've been thinking about the story of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, a lot recently, and I've read through the Gospels a couple times. And one of the, one of the parts of the story that just keeps sticking out to me is this passage found in the Gospel of Luke that talks about the shepherds, and it's a striking introduction to the heart of God. And I love that uh, we have a ton to learn from something um, as simple as shepherds. And so I want to set the stage by reading Luke chapter two, verses one through seven, maybe just to get us in the Christmas spirit. It says this, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So he set the stage with the first seven verses. And then the next two verses say this. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they... We're terrified. So the first point is this, announced in the ordinary and to the ordinary. If you and I got to coordinate the announcement of the Messiah, we would probably have big plans. We probably wouldn't show up to shepherds in a field. We'd probably find the biggest city with the biggest arena with the most people. We would have a marketing plan. The Messiah is coming, but we're not God. Instead, God has a different plan. Jesus is born, laid in a manger, announced in a field outside of Bethlehem on a random night, to people who had never been considered special. Why? Why? I think one of the reasons is this, is because God wanted his son to enter into the mundane, everyday lives of ordinary people. He is not the Messiah of just special days or just holidays, but every day. And before the angel shows up to announce the Messiah, there was nothing different about this night, right? They were living their normal, routine-driven lives. But we have to remember that God meets us in extraordinary ways in ordinary days. He meets us in our good days and our bad days. I think we have habits of being like, man, if it's a good day, God's really moving in my life. If it's a bad day, God's absent. Like, that's not true. God shows up in extraordinary ways in ordinary days, in good days and bad days, in pain and joy, in anger and happiness. He meets us on weekdays just like he'll meet us on Sundays or like he'll meet us on Christmas day. That God wants to engage us, engage with us in the ordinary, what we often consider mundane parts of our lives. So let us be reminded of the holiness of the ordinary, the holiness of the ordinary. I think that we way too often find ourselves looking at some kind of future time or some future event where God could show up. Like, oh man, when, when uh, a summer retreat rolls around, I can't wait to see what God does. Or, oh, there's a conference that I'm going to. Like, I think God's going to do big things. Like, those are all, yes, like, I hope so. I hope that God shows up in big ways in those moments. And we can be really excited about those things. But why can't God show up today? Why not today? Why not now? Why can't God show up on 
maybe it's a Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. and it's or it's a Thursday night at 11 p.m. Like God can show up in extraordinary ways in ordinary days. And the way that Jesus shows up on the scene communicates that God wanted his people to know that it wasn't about any specific big momentous thing, but it was the big thing is Jesus and he's showing up in just the ordinary of your lives. Jesus shows up in the ordinary and not just in the ordinary, but he also shows up to the oh so ordinary shepherds. Shepherds were an uneducated and often despised group of people. Like they weren't trusted. Sometimes it was just because they weren't good for anything else, but sometimes it was like, man, we just we just need to get you out in the fields. We can't be around people. Uh, we can't trust you to get the things done that you need to get done. There was nothing spectacular about them. So why would God make the most spectacular announcement in human history to a group of very unspectacular people? Pay attention to the next couple of verses. Verses 10 through 12 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you. A savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. To you, good news of great joy to you. A savior was born for you, for you. To these shepherds, for you. This wasn't a savior that had come to save the elite or or deal with the select. This was a savior that had come to save all mankind. I think it'd be really easy for the shepherds to think like, hey, like Mr. Angel, uh, wrong field, wrong people, actually who you're looking for, a couple miles south, uh, if you just head down that way, that's who you want to make this announcement to, not not to us. Like the loved ones, the special ones, it's, it's the ones that are probably like in, in the castle or, or that have a higher position, but God doesn't make mistakes. This was intentional. They were chosen for a reason. Jesus enters a world that is largely split on who is worthy of saving a culture that would determine who are the chosen ones. And what Jesus's birth, what God's announcement is saying is that you are all of mankind This is to you. This is for you. This is for all people. This good news of great joy is for all mankind. I love William Barclay. He's a a theologian and uh, uh, he writes biblical commentaries. Uh, He says this. He goes, it's a lovely thought that the shepherds who looked after the temple lambs were the first to see the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's announced to them, as we'll see, they eventually get to go and they get to see baby Jesus lying in a manger. It's a lovely thought that the shepherds who took, who looked after the temple lambs were the first to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God doesn't do anything by accident. God doesn't do anything by accident. Jesus was announced to the lowest people within the Jewish culture. It was a proclamation from the very beginning that he was for all people. The story of Christmas should serve as a reminder that we are loved and pursued by the God of the universe and that when he pursues us, he's not doing it by accident. He's doing it with intentionality and love. And no matter how normal we think we are, Jesus came for us. 
He came for you. He came for me just as he came for every other person on earth. So we get this big, massive declaration that Jesus came for all mankind. But also let us not forget that in this this proclamation, in this announcement, it says, for you, a savior was born for you. For you. Would we be people who personalize the story of Christmas? Jesus come to earth for me, for you. That has a whole different feel to it, doesn't it? Yes, for all mankind. But you and I, we're, we're in that. We're in all mankind. So let us personalize the story of Jesus. Jesus, come to earth for me. A couple questions that I think we can ask ourselves from this passage is one, do we undervalue the ordinary? Do we undervalue the ordinary? Do we find our lives to be ordinary? And does that not feel holy? Does that not feel acceptable? Like, man, my life is so ordinary. God wants to show up in your ordinary. It is in the ordinary days that God prepares us for the extraordinary things that he wants to do through our lives. Let us not undervalue the ordinary. Another question would be, have we set human guidelines on an eternal message? Have we set human guidelines on, on a gospel message that is that we didn't create, that God created, that Jesus fulfilled? But do we set human guidelines on it? Do we find ourselves disqualifying others from receiving the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus? Or do we find ourselves disqualifying ourselves? Like, if we find ourselves in the position of the shepherds, would, would we say something like, oh, like, that's great, like, that sounds really awesome, but not for me. Like, I'm not qualified to receive the love and the grace and the mercy of the Messiah. See, oftentimes I think that we try to make sense of something that was always meant to blow our minds. That we hear the story of the gospel and we're like, man, it just doesn't fully make sense to me. I just can't wrap my mind around it. Good, good. If the story of the gospel just made such clean sense that you, our human minds could just like wrap around it and just be like, oh yeah, like this just ABC like makes sense. That wouldn't be a really a message worth pursuing, worth getting to know better, with studying, with all of those different things. Like it, it needs to be transformational. And for it to be transformational, it has to be so much further above us. So do we undervalue the ordinary? Are we trying to set human guidelines? And are we trying to make sense of something that was always meant to blow our minds? So we have this announcement of the arrival of Jesus, and it teaches us so much. That's just a couple things that I think that we can ask. But I think that's one of the things that we also can learn from is the response from these simple, uneducated, unspectacular shepherds. Verses 13 through 16 go on to say this. It says, suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby was lying in a manger. So the next point is this quick obedience quick obedience. I would love to think that if I got to witness what they just witnessed, a heavenly host, an angel proclaiming the good news of Jesus, I would be quick to obey as well. But I hesitate to be so confident that I would just be like, yes, let's quickly go to Bethlehem. A question that we have to truly ask ourselves is how quick am I to obey? We might get, we might not get to see heavenly hosts. We probably won't get to see heavenly hosts in our, in our uh, human life, but God gives us some pretty clear signs and uh, we get the opportunity to obey. It might be a gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit instead of a holy or a heavenly host, but but we still get the opportunity to obey quickly. 
And maybe you're like me, maybe you have a habit of hesitation. I feel like I have a habit of hesitation when it comes to God asking me to do things. There's just like so many countless times throughout my life where I feel like a nudge from the spirit to like go talk to a person or do this or do that. I'm just like, okay, but let me think on it for a while. I'm not saying we are reckless, but man, if, if the Lord, if you feel like the Lord is calling you to do something, be quick to obey that. I love the story of Abraham. If you're not familiar, I'll just do the Spark Notes version. But Abraham's called by God. He makes a promise. Hey, like your descendants, uh, they're going to be more more numerous than the sands on the seashore, like more numerous than the stars in the sky. Like he, he just like keeps making this promise. And Abraham waits decades and decades and decades, 90 years, finally gets a son, finally gets a son. Like the promise is fulfilled. He's so excited. He has his son, Isaac. And then we find this, this passage in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 3. It says that sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. This, this is just mind-blowing. This is the son that he waited for for 90 years. God makes the call and it says this, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out to the place that God had told him about early the next morning. That's quick obedience. If I put myself in Abraham's shoes, I think my, my first thought would be like, no, I'm, I'm not going to be obedient at all. I waited for you to fulfill this promise to me for decades. I'm not going to sacrifice my son as a burnt offering to you. At the very least, I would have thought about it for a long time. Okay, I hear you, but, but I'm going to take my time because this is a big deal. Like This is a really big deal. My one and only son, whom I love. This is early the next morning. Abraham was quick to obey. It's a big ask. It's a big test of Abraham's trust and obedience, but he was quick to obey. And if you don't know the entire story of Abraham, they get there and God provides a ram for him to sacrifice instead. He doesn't have to sacrifice his son, Isaac. It was never God's intention for him to do that. He just wanted to see Abraham's obedience. So can we say that? Are we obedient? Are we quick to obey? Just like the shepherds, go to Bethlehem. See the Savior. See the Messiah that was born. They could have been stuck in that that fear that they felt and said, oh, I don't know. Should we go? Did we really see what we thought we saw? No, they're just quick to obey. Let's go. And see what the Lord has told us. The story goes on to say this. Verses 17 through 20. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. This is an amazing statement that, that others all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. These unspectacular shepherds bringing a message of restoration, a message of healing, a message of a savior, of the Messiah. And people are amazed at what these uneducated people on the fringes are saying to them. This is the last point this week. They heard, they experienced, and they shared. They had their lives completely flipped upside down and they got to share it with other people. 
And scripture is full of stories just like this, right? Jesus is constantly doing amazing things. And then people get to tell the story of what Jesus has done from the moment he's born. Like this is one of the themes of scripture that people just like, look at what the Lord has done. From the moment that he was born, look what the Lord has done. And now we get to do that. We get to be people who say, look what the Lord has done in my life. The angel of the Lord did not come to announce to these shepherds an eternity shaking truth so they could sit in their field and be like, that was really cool. Isn't it cool that we got to experience that? Like, what a show. Like, no, the call was ordinary people, unspectacular shepherd. You have been made spectacular because you carry an extraordinary message. Ordinary people get to carry an extraordinary message. We get to carry an extraordinary message to everybody around us. I think whether people follow Jesus or not, it's really hard to argue against the truth that there's something different about the Christmas season. It feels like there's just more like openness to the message of Jesus, to the hope of the season. My prayer is that we don't take that for granted. That we would tell people that the Lord has done incredible things in our lives and we would invite them to step step towards him. And maybe that's a conversation over coffee and maybe that's coming to a Christmas Eve service at your church or maybe it's getting them plugged into a family of believers like young adults or, or like your church. Jesus came for us. He made an announcement to us and said, I have come for you. And for every single person that you know, we get the privilege of doing life with Jesus. And we get the privilege of telling people what we have heard, what we have experienced. So let us be people who hear the word of the Lord, who experience the love of God, and never, ever neglect to share it with everyone around us. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.